Thanks for joining us on the Cultured Meat and Future Food Podcast. This show is for anyone interested in cultured meat and future food technologies. I had a great chat with Kevin Cochran of Jackie Mays, a 100% plant-based fast food chain opening up in Northern California and beyond. They're currently running their campaign on Yululi right now, a crowdfunding platform. You could find the link to the crowdfunding platform at www.futurefoodshow.com. Kevin Cochran is the founder and CEO of Jackie Mays Grill. Jackie Mays is the culmination of a career spent in the service of customers, whether in retail, e-commerce, business, or sustainability. After 10 years of working up the ranks in many restaurants to becoming the first general manager of Freebirds World Burrito, Kevin gave up the food business two decades ago for the high-tech world and worked in the last 10 years in clean technology. In his previous role as Chief Operations Officer for an emerging energy and sustainability management company, Kevin led programs to track energy and carbon footprints for organizations like HP, Tesla, VMware, and the city of Sacramento. Trained at top universities in the U.S. and Europe with an MBA and a certification in sustainability, he serves as the director on the board of the Sustainability Management Association. A through line in Kevin's career had been the personal passion to combat climate change, of which you can read more about on his blog at www.sustainabilityx.com. Coming full circle, Kevin's current venture, Jackie Mays, and its climate-friendly and cruelty-free mission seeks to transform the fast food industry, change the world, and your diet. Kevin, I'm excited to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Alex. It's an honor to be here. Kevin, tell us about Jackie May and what you're planning. Sure. Jackie Mays, I'm excited to tell you about. Uh, we're creating a first-of-its-kind fast food restaurant chain for meat lovers and vegans alike, 100% plant-based meat. Our mission is to create a leading sustainable fast food brand and serve food that tastes great, is convenient and low price, but also healthier, climate-friendly, cruelty-free, and accessible to everyone. Think guilt-free burgers, fries, and shakes. Identical, but made from plants. And is there anything like this already? Like, are there any fully, fully vegan fast food restaurants? Well, there are a number of new plant-based uh, restaurants coming on the market. Exclusively plant-based? There are. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, really, it's uh, kind of on the heels of uh, Veggie Grill, you know, who launched in 2006 and really kind of paved the way for a lot of the, um, the plant-based uh, companies to come uh, to follow. Right. Uh, they're, they're normally in the fast casual space, however. Right. Veggie Grill is a fast casual, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and um, so in the fast food space, Jackie Mays is, is unique. Uh, now, it's unique for a couple of reasons. There are, there is uh, a couple of, uh, you know, plant-based fast food uh, restaurants that have drive-throughs, and um, but they're really serving the vegetarian and vegan markets, and we're looking to go mainstream, really for meat lovers, like I mentioned, and and vegans alike. Cool. And so, so I said Jackie May, but it's actually Jackie Mays. Tell us where does the name come from? Sure. Well, after nicknames of my wife and my son, uh, Jackie Mays is also a subtle tribute to Jackie Robinson and Willie Mays for breaking barriers. Okay, cool. And okay, so I don't know too much about sports, and I think this is baseball. 
That's right. Uh, so what <clears throat> barriers did Jackie Robinson and Willie, Willie Mays? That's right. What, yeah, what barriers did they break? Well, you know, um, growing up, I played sports and, and just, uh, you know, you love to play, you love to win. And, um, you know, that's the thing about sports. It, it doesn't matter what your background is, what your religion, what your race is. Um, it's really just, you know, who's out there playing their best, putting it all out on the, out on the line. <clears throat> so in, uh, in the 1940s, Jackie Robinson was the first African-American baseball player uh, to break the color barrier in sports, not just in baseball, but in sports. And, uh, you know, he, boy, overcame ridicule, death threats, and uh, just an enormous amount of backlash. Um, and he paved the way for other black athletes like Willie Mays, who's, you know, one of the all-time great American baseball players. Cool. And so um, when, when we're thinking about, um, I mean, we're talking about backgrounds. Um, what is your background? Is it in the food space? Is it in the animal welfare space? What is your background? Sure. Well, so for the last 20 years, I've been in technology um, in the high tech space and actually 10 years in clean technology uh, where we've, you know, I was on the founding team of uh, a company that tracked carbon footprints for large entities, cities, um, and, and Fortune 500 companies, HP, Tesla, and others. And uh, prior to that, I'd, I'd been in the automotive online industry and uh, worked in product management. Um, but uh, really early in my career, just out of college, and even before that in high school, I worked in restaurants. My first job was as a dishwasher at a restaurant in Sacramento. And I, uh, you know, worked up the ranks to server and, and um, worked in really some of the finest dining establishments in the country and also in some very high traffic ones as well. Uh, so I had a good, uh, varied background. And uh, in college, I met uh, a friend, my neighbor, Mark Orfala, who was founding a new uh, restaurant uh, based on the Poyo, Poyo Loco, El Poyo Loco chain, actually. Right. And we have a chicken there. We do. Oh, that's <laughs> right. We do. Yeah, just, just little ornaments in this here office. Oh, funny. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So it's based off, the restaurant that your friend was creating was based off of El Poyo Loco. Originally, yeah, that's okay. right. But uh, we learned a lot of things quickly that consumers really drive the, drive the program. And that is... Um, we started serving these uh, chicken dinners. Oh, okay. and so lunches. he was even serving chicken. The, the plant-based <clears throat> idea had not come. No, to no, this was yet. years ago. Actually, oh, okay, this okay. is a yep. Freebirds World Burrito now has about seventy-five restaurants. So I was, right. I was on the okay. founding team. We were talking about this. Yeah. Okay, and this kind of when I first talked to you, and I think we were at Paul Shapiro's house. That's where we met, right? We did. When when I first talked to you, you said Freebirds, and I remember when I lived in Austin, there was a Freebirds there, and we loved it. It was awesome. Um, so. So how was that process? Like, how was it kind of being part of the founding team of a restaurant that really took off quite a bit? Sure. Uh, well, it was it was really exciting. Honestly, I, um, you know, Mark Orflo was the founder and uh, he brought me in as the first uh, manager. And uh, we had some um, heralding times uh, when our cook left, for example, over the uh, Christmas break and didn't come back. Uh, so, oh, yeah. And yeah. I think that happens a lot in food service, right? You know, it does. There's uh, especially if your small startup and the first restaurant was 
geez, I think 400 square feet store. I mean, it was wow, tiny, okay. but, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we had a dream really to, to take Freebirds and, uh, make it a nationwide chain. And, um, you know, things happened. The second store opened in College Station, Texas, after Mark did an extensive uh, uh, study <clears throat> of the best places uh, to open a restaurant. And, um, yeah, you know, things happen. And over time, uh, it took a while to get that, that going. So our other friend, Pierre Dubay, uh, was the original manager of that store uh, in College Station. And Pierre had a, a background in, at McDonald's as an accountant and uh, very operations savvy. And um, yeah, so he was able to buy uh, the rights to the chain and expanded it and then sold it after, oh, I don't know, I think about 20 restaurants wow. in Texas okay. and Oklahoma. I see, okay. So that one in Austin, was that one of the original ones maybe? Yes, Oh, what? sure, okay. yeah, it was one of the handful of uh, first, uh, first uh, restaurants. Cool, cool. And so how long were you there? Were you there through the expansion? Well, I worked in different roles. So I was uh, originally the, the um, general manager for the first store, which is a small store. We had, you know, a handful of half a dozen to a dozen employees, um, and we had delivery and whatnot. Uh, so I did that for about a year, and then, and then I stayed on as a consultant and was their marketing uh, manager And when, when we opened the store in uh, College Station. And did you know advertising for the company, and then later uh, helped uh, Mark with uh, some of his own expansion plans, and was a real estate uh, manager. So we did site selection and, and other things. So all combined, I have about uh, ten years of restaurant experience, but I haven't. Uh, you know, it's really a full circle uh, comeback for me because uh, you know if you would have asked me, uh, hey Kevin, are you going to open restaurants in the in the future? Right. <laughs> Heck no! Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's way too complicated. And uh, you know, I'd rather be in technology where you make something one time and yeah. you can duplicate it a million times and no marginal cost. Uh, you know, every restaurant. Uh, Tom Monahan said it was like having a baby. You know, he's yeah. the <laughs> founder of uh, Domino's Pizza because he puts so much into um, that location. But uh, you know, we're at a, a very very interesting time with the food revolution occurring now in plant-based foods and also in cultivated meat. And, um, and, you know, with my background, um, I have other technology background in the franchising space. I worked for a company called Zland.com, where we uh, developed business applications, and then we sold those through franchises throughout the country, uh, 36 franchise, fa franchises. And we had uh, country fran franchises as well, so we sold it in uh, Japan and Germany, Australia, and the UK. Wow, okay. um, yeah, so I got to travel and, you know, and, and did uh, franchise training events. So, you know, really understand sort of the challenges involved with franchising from uh, that standpoint, not in the food, but in the technology space. But uh, I think there's some similarities. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned, like, opening a restaurant is like having a baby. A lot of people in the tech world say, like, starting a company with a co-founder is like getting married to your co-founder. So I guess... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, and both are difficult, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So then, um, so it, you know, it, it, it's a very nice fit kind of going into this new concept. Um, and I want to kind of ask you about, you know, why plant-based, uh, but more importantly... Um, I, I kind of want to specifically ask, like when you were doing 
work in the clean tech space mm-hmm. uh, for the, with the carbon footprints, did you see that kind of traditional restaurant or fast food chain such as Burger King or McDonald's, they had a very high carbon footprint compared to other types of businesses? And was this one of the kind of uh, driving forces for Jackie Mays? You know, uh, if you look at fast food um, and you measure them on a sustainability index, you know, they score very, very low, uh, you know, poor to abysmal uh, is what, right. uh, what some, and, and that uh, includes their carbon footprint for sure, um, you know, but product sourcing, um, you know, integrating sustainability into their mission, having their employees and their customers alike getting the messages of sustainability, really not part of their uh, mantra, you know, because they, they need to serve convenience and they need to do it at a very low cost. So the, the lowest cost you can provide um, means that you have to, you know, make some compromises. So, uh, and that's why I think there's such an opportunity here with, with Jackie Mays because um, we, we're looking to create a leading sustainable fast food brand. And, and to do that, um, it's not easy for established restaurants to uh, recommission their buildings and make them zero net energy, for example. Um, you know, look, if you come at it from the perspective of doing it from scratch, it's a little bit easier and more cost effective. It's not cheap. It's going to take quite a bit of uh, capital to, to get it, it moving. And restaurants, you know, you like to see restaurants be profitable as soon as possible. Uh, but we know that it's going to take a little while for that to happen. <clears throat> but the, the market opportunity is, is massive. You know, there's 14,000 uh, McDonald's locations in the United States, about 40,000 globally, and uh, you know, just a few uh, plant-based restaurants that are popping up here and there, and, um, and uh, really no fast food franchises that we're looking to do, so it's a wide open market. Yeah, so you have experience in kind of a fast-growing restaurant chain, experience with franchising internationally. Um, what goes into creating a new restaurant? You know, what, what are all the kind of the things that you have to look at, the challenges? Uh, yeah, what are the biggest challenges? What really goes into that? Well, a lot. You know, there's everything from the team, menu development, you know, location, 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 hiring and training, people development, customer service. There's some brands that uh, I really admire. Um, if you look at Chick-fil-A and their, their customer service, you know, they're just uh, very tops. Now, I'm not, I haven't been a customer of Chick-fil-A, but I've from, uh, you know, read about them and visited them and see that they have quite an operation. Um, I, I feel like specifically over the last couple of years, Chick-fil-A has, has done a very good job at branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know if they're go- going into like this unique category. I don't know if they're going into a healthier fast food category. I don't know exactly what category it is, um, but, but we've definitely been hearing a lot more about it lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe they had expansion plans or whatever it may be, um, but it's, it's definitely something that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's other chains that, uh, you know, Freebirds, we loved it because it had a cult following. You know, people just loved the, the freedom mission behind Freebirds. Now, Freebirds uh, are... Uh, restaurant in College Station, we built a replica of the Berlin Wall. 
uh, with uh, Harley right. Davidson. Nice. And, you know, and it's kind of after Mark's father uh, riding motorcycles, you know, in, in Europe uh, and, uh, you know, World War II veteran. And uh, freedom, you know, is, is really what Freebirds stands for. And um, anyway, that cult following exists in uh, several chains that I really admire. In-N-Out Burger is another one. Its simplicity is, is uh, unparalleled, really. And, uh, and they're able to keep customers very happy and uh, motivated. Um, and also then, a very cult-like following. That's what I yeah, mean, yeah. exactly. Another one is the Dutch Brothers. If you're familiar with uh, the Dutch Brothers coffee brand and and um, and all their drinks that they they serve now, I've, I'm a new customer to to the Dutch Brothers, but they have a very innovative uh, drive-through. Um, is it like a Starbucks style, like the? They're, they're is more, it a restaurant or? <clears throat> well, it is a restaurant, but and there are some that uh, that have uh, indoor seating, but mostly there's there might be. Uh, some patio tables outside, but but primarily it's a double drive-through, and you know, In-N-Out was one of the early uh, double drive-throughs. Double drive-through meaning having two windows, uh, basically going two separate directions. So oh. yeah, so you have an island kiosk sort of uh, really small location uh, footprint that uh, that they have, and just and they have a you know, packet with employees that uh, that make the drinks for you, and then they have. Uh, you know, uh, monitors that come out and take your order in the car oh, while you're driving okay. through, and they're coming yeah. from both angles, and so they're very efficient. Right. So it's a, right. It's a very interesting model. Yeah. I, so I'm from Chicago. That makes you think of Portillo's, mm-hmm. um, which is like this, I guess, a hot dog and, and burger restaurant or chain all over Chicago. And yeah, the line is always really long for the drive through, but it's also very fast. And there are people that not only take your order, but also kind of cash you out. Oh yeah, um, in in the car, while you're in the car, mm-hmm. uh, before you even get to the window, and then you just go to the window, pick up your food, and you're out. Um, but I mean, when we're talking about sustainability, is the drive-through model good for that? Uh, no, no, it isn't. Not unfortunately, um, yeah. So you know, there's different uh, compromises that have to be made uh, in the case of convenience. Then that's what the fast food chains do. That's what Jackie Mays will have to do, yeah. but uh, we'll do it in a in a very uh, thoughtful way, yeah. you know. And and there's more electric vehicles on the road, right. hybrids, etc. And you know, give those uh, those guys a little priority, yeah, a little <laughs> extra fries, <laughs> uh, right? Something, you know, uh, just to make it uh, more incentive for uh, people to, uh, because you know, if if it was a an EV, for example, okay, now you are completely sustainable. Right? Absolutely, yeah. And it almost makes me think, you know, with the onset of electric vehicles, we're going off a little bit of a tangent here, but with the onset of electric vehicles, I think we're going to have to see a lot more charging stations. So maybe the fast food joint could be one of those hotspot charging stations. It could, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you mentioned there's 14,000 McDonald's in the U.S. How many of those have EV spots? I bet if they do, they don't have more than two, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. Yeah, that's a very good point. So, yeah, definitely um, as they're expanding, uh, you know, uh, locations, it's uh, sort of like cell phone towers, right? They look for place, places to put the, uh, the towers to make connections. And, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, very interesting 
how the EV market and eventually the hydrogen fuel fuel cell also, um, which is a different distribution model, obviously, but uh, and a very expensive proposition to get that going. But but uh, we're going to see all these changes coming. Yeah, I was I was doing a research project. Um, this is probably like 15 years ago, maybe yeah, 15 years ago now, and uh, we did research on clean energy for the automotive space and ultimately we came down to fuel cell hydrogen fuel cell vehicles being the winner and because at that time battery technology had not advanced mm -hmm. i think enough um and so i mean we we only see a, a few fuel cell vehicles on i think toyota is the one mm -hmm. that's pushing that the mirai um, but uh i mean it's interesting discussion like is EV really the, the best option? Mm -hmm. Or have we just been drawn to Elon Musk's allure? Right? <laughs> and it's quite an allure. Yeah. I mean, now they're the most valuable uh, automobile company uh, capitalization. So it's, it's amazing what they've been able to do and, uh, and also drive the price point down with new, new models. Right. And so um, we're talking a little bit about the location. Um, tell us about where the first Jackie Mays will be. And and also a little bit about the Kickstarter because you guys have just launched a Kickstarter, is that right? Yep, it's actually a Ululi oh, campaign, okay. which is uh, is uh, the largest uh, crowdfunding platform in Europe. Actually, oh, you might ask, you know, okay. why are you doing that in Europe? You're not in Europe. You're in, you know, this is a localized. Uh, yeah, well, they partnered with Bank of the West uh, to provide a um, platform for entrepreneurs uh, to launch their startups. And uh, we pitched uh, that event, and, and uh, it was the Impact Makers. So it was, it was our launch, which was last week. It went great. Um, and uh, we didn't win, but we got the message out and made 100 new fans. So uh, Ululi is, the, uh, is our Kickstarter that we're doing. And, and um, yeah, we're raising $20,000 to host uh, pop-up restaurants and to uh, do site selection on our first restaurant, uh, a little more menu development. And yeah, we're going to supplement that with a, a seed funding round that gets us to our first, our first store. So there's some really exciting rewards too that we have for, for people that are uh, looking to. Oh, you had also asked me where we're going to open our first restaurant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so we're going to open in Sacramento, California. Our okay, first, Sacramento. Uh, Location is, is where we're, we're looking for. We also have others uh, planned, but we can't get ahead of ourselves, uh, other cities, uh, you know, in the West to begin with. But, yeah, the idea is to really, you know, spread this through franchising and get, uh, get our business down so that we have very consistent uh, processes, food, et cetera, systems that uh, are highly efficient based on technology. Because today, restaurants need to be technology companies. And that's one of the other... Um, pillars of our business is, is we're going to utilize the, the you know, best technologies to make this happen. And um, there's a lot you can do that hasn't been done, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, when I think of Veggie Grill, I think, you know, they're pretty techy, but not really anything beyond the standard stuff you'd expect, right? Mm -hmm. Like they have an app that works pretty well. I think they have this trash compactor that is like crazy automatic and everything. Um, but we haven't seen kind of, we haven't seen a middle ground, right? I mean, we see like these kiosks at like McDonald's and Burger King. Mm -hmm. Um, if you notice my coffee cup over there, I was just at this place called B-Box. 
cafe oh, yeah. and there's this kind of like cafe x a robot that gave me my coffee it seems like they're either you know totally automated or at least you know front of house back of house some sort of heavy automation or just kind of apps and kiosks so it, it really is interesting to see what is that next level that middle ground mm-hmm. um and so anything that comes to mind when you guys are putting together Jackie Mae's proposals or anything like that? Well, it's, it's sort of all of the above and a few other things that uh, we're not really quite ready to share yet. But our first location uh, will be a test, a test uh, kitchen and a test operation zone. So we're going to try out a few things, uh, see how they work. And, um, you know, based on the successes of other chains. And then our second restaurant is intended to be the prototype store that uh, you know we build and actually build to our competitive advantage and um, so we'll you know the very first store won't have all the things that we're looking to do obviously but um, the second store is our goal to, to do that and and to make that to where um, you know the venture capital companies can say oh, okay this is really what you're looking to do <clears throat> And that kind of expansion that they can support, and um, yeah, and, and then we move that ball forward. Cool. And so, um, you know, Burger King, McDonald's—they're starting to bring in plant-based options. I think KFC just announced a plant-based option, and that's really McDonald's Germany. I don't think they've brought it to the U.S. yet. Um, but do you think that in the future, more of these fast food restaurants will will have at least one plant-based option, and is is it here to stay? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, so if you talk about what, the, if you talk about uh, the majors adopting these plant based versions of uh, burgers, for example, the Beyond uh, Burger at uh, Carl's Jr. or the Impossible Whopper, um, which both of them are fantastic, you know, I, I eat those uh, occasionally, you know, it's funny because I'm not a huge consumer of fast food. But obviously, I'm out there testing and stuff, and, and you cannot tell the difference, and uh, they're really tasty. I just, uh, you know, Bill Gates was fooled, and, and they do these taste tests all over. And, and our you'll see our video uh, videos that we did some pop-up taste tests, and uh, the reactions are great. I just I love did, it. I did see those videos. People oh, really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. I forgot so, to ask, are you oh, sure. personally plant-based? Uh, I have a goal to become plant-based. Okay. No, I am what you call a flexitarian. Okay, me too, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and um, but I really uh, am embracing the vegan lifestyle from a standpoint of uh, of eating better, and because of all of the associated benefits. Not to mention, you know, animal welfare is is uh, is one, but. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a process, and it's a cultural shift. Uh, you know, you're in a family. Uh, it's all about shopping and what you buy and what's available uh, to you to eat. So it, it, takes, it takes time, but the benefits are, are there. You know, there's um, my, my mother. She just turned 75 years old, you know, and we all grew up eating uh, meat and, and stuff. She has some health problems now. She was at the doctor a couple weeks ago. And uh, the doctor suggested that she see the documentary called The Game Changer. No way, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And that, that, that movie is produced by James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan. and uh, On Netflix. Uh, yeah, that's right. On Netflix. It's uh, narrated by James Wilkes, um, which is also a producer. 
and uh, it basically uh, shows that elite athletes perform better when they are on a plant-based diet. And you go, well, how can that be? You know, my dad would tell me, you have to eat your meat uh, to get to get stronger, get those uh, proteins. And uh, well, it turns out that well, the animals themselves are getting those proteins from plants, and um, and the animals aren't the best filters. There's contaminants in, in, in the meat that you eat that actually degrades your performance. And you go, well, how can that be? We've been fed this, you know, our whole lives, uh, excuse the pun, <clears throat> but uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger summed it up in one word, marketing. Right, yeah. And, and so that, you know, there's definitely a mission from the, from the meat uh, producers to uh, sell more meat, you know, and that's what business is all about. But uh, now that more and more uh, research has been done and studies have been, been done and you can tell what the outcomes are, you know, you realize oh, you can actually uh, perform better by eating more plant-based. So uh, it's a healthy choice. It's an environmental choice. Just to one hamburger alone, um, several things, you know, it takes uh, over 400 gallons of water uh, and that for a quarter pounder. And uh, one hamburger can contain the <coughs> DNA of a, th of a thousand cows. Right. So if you have E. coli contamination in, in just uh, one or two cows, right, it mixes and, and that's how you get these outbreaks. Well, we don't have any of those problems with uh, plant-based yeah. in addition to low cholesterol etc so it's a life changer for my mom actually looking at this as a uh, wow you know i can really cut back my my meat intake and uh, actually be healthier yeah so you mentioned i mean 400 gallons of water for one burger or one quarter pounder mm -hmm. if, if you took like a equivalent plant-based burger how much less do you think it would be sure well if you look at uh, impossible foods and uh, beyond meat um, if you look at both their water and their GHG, they say 75% less water. 75% less mm -hmm. water. That's pretty huge. And, and also their impact on water scarcity because fresh water isn't everywhere. Right. So uh, it's, and, you know, animal agriculture consumes 70% of all fresh water. Wow. And it's a huge, huge impact. And uh, greenhouse gases, uh, it's, it's over 90% less you know, the impossible or, or beyond burger. Yeah. It adds up. I mean, especially if you're having meat every day, it definitely adds up. Mm -hmm. So, so, I mean, in contrast to that, we've seen a lot of new technologies come up from insect proteins, cultured, cultivated meat. Do you think that in the future, you know, if it reaches the sustainability goals that Jackie Mays has, uh, do you think that in the future Jackie Mays might serve something that, for example, is made with insect proteins or cultured meat? Well, it's all about customer demand, right? Right. So you know what we will always be is climate friendly and cruelty free. Um, so for cultured meat, cultivated meat, you know, meat that's uh, grown from cells and replicated and grown into uh, meat that is so much more efficient from raising, you know, beef, a cow, by growing feedstocks, growing the, the, the cow itself, the, the steer, <clears throat> and then transporting that steer, uh, and then 
slaughtering the steer, etc. And then you have all the byproducts, etc. It's a very inefficient and really inhumane practice. Over 70% of all beef cattle are raised on factory farms. And those conditions are, are just not natural. So when you hear the critics say, shall we eat uh, plant-based? No, it's not natural. Um, and since it's a really common and understandable point of view because it's something new and it sounds very different. Uh, but if you really consider how the animal meat is produced, you realize, you know what, that's not natural either. Do you know that a cow's lifespan is 20 years normally? But, but cattle are slaughtered at 14 months. So if you consider a human lifespan of 75 years, that would mean after five years old. You're not even five before you. Right. Yeah, so that, is that natural? No. And, uh, you know, Paul actually uh, wrote the book, uh, national bestseller of Clean Meat. And um, I'm honored that he's on our, our board. We have a great board, by the way, um, with uh, we have uh, Raul um, and uh, yeah, his last name's a little challenging for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, Mandujano, and he is a restaurant uh, background that is very extensive. We have. Uh, Miles Hoffman, sustainability background program manager that uh, we have, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies and cities. He's done sustainability planning for, honored to have him and uh, Armin Nigerian, which has, I think I mentioned, but, uh, you know, 20 years of marketing, branding experience in Silicon Valley. So we're just, uh, I'm honored to have all of them on the board. Paul wrote the book uh, and he uh, mentioned in there about natural is it natural to eat clean meat and then he compared it to uh, ice harvesting so in the mid or early 19th century they would take uh, ice and and extract it from lakes and you know deliver that to, to homes you know until the invention of refrigeration and uh, synthetic ice <laughs> synthetic <laughs> ice yes unnatural right. was the what the critics would say because you know they had quite a business going hauling the ice. But as you know, now we all have refrigerators. This is how we, and uh, with plant-based meat, you know, it's a similar sort of acceptance process over time when you realize that you're eating the same, you know, lipids, amino acids, water, and minerals. It's all the same. It's just that uh, it's made directly from plants rather than from animal meat that um, people will have a easier time consuming it. And, uh, and really help solve some of the, the big, you know, Dr. Pat Brown of Impossible Food, he told me that animal agriculture is the most destructive technology on earth. 45% of land area is consumed by uh, growing feed crops and raising cattle and then all the other associated uh, problems. So, and if you look at the UN, they say by 2050, we have to double the supply of meat. So <laughs> you think there's not a market for Plant-based meat and uh, cultivated meat. Oh yes, there there will be, and uh, we want to be the ones out there, you know, as the distribution uh, for for those. So oh, and the insect protein. I think we'll pass on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you though. <laughs> uh, I have one last question, and that's just simply um, why burgers. Why burgers? Isn't the burger the best invention in? Uh, you know, in the world, we, uh, you know, 
at least in America, I think everyone's grown up with uh, eating burgers at a ball game or uh, just sitting around the, the table at a barbecue. And it's, it's really the, a great place to start with alternative meat. And, uh, and as you know, fast food is just, has, has took off in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And um, now it's ubiquitous and they're all serving burgers. So I'd have to say, you know, why not burgers? Why not burgers? Well said, well said. Great. So you can get in touch with Kevin on LinkedIn and learn more about Jackie Mays at JackieMays.com. And we'll also have the link in the, in the details. Are, Kevin, are there any last insights that you might have for our listeners today? You know, there's a, a couple things. And that is that uh, fast food is also notoriously highly concentrated in uh, poor uh, communities. Um, and it has basically provided uh, sort of poor nutrition. Uh, they're not environmentally friendly. Uh, they're not cruelty-free, not healthier. Uh, so, you know, Jackie Mays wants to basically go to those same communities and provide better options. And not only with the, with the food, uh, but with their community. And we plan to do equity crowdfunding for our franchises and allow communities to um, invest in their own local restaurants, make it easier for franchises to get started, have uh, the community ownership, and, um, and we plan to, to, once we get up and running, have the Jackie Mays Foundation, that 1% of all our proceeds uh, come in and will go out to other uh, foundations that support uh, youth causes. So the Jackie Robinson Foundation, the Jackie, I'm sorry, the uh, Willie Mays Foundation, Ted Williams Foundation, Lou Gehrig Society, and also local organizations because youth matters. So we, uh, yeah, you know, I write about some of this on my blog. It's sustainabilityx.com, and um, we would really love to see you and uh, and others at our restaurants when we open. And um, JackieMays.com, our crowdfunding's going on now. So on you, Lily. That's right. Okay, great. <laughs> and you know, one more thing. Uh, besides I'm passionate about climate change, you know, opening Jackie Mays is where I believe I can make the biggest impact. Uh, we all need to take action in some way because the climate is changing. You know, my brother, uh, he lived in New Jersey when Hurricane Sandy hit. He lost all his possessions. He almost lost his life. Um, I have friends and colleagues that lost homes and loved ones in the Paradise Fire. And the campfire in Paradise, California. My wife grew up in Houston, Texas, and um, the house that she grew up in was flooded by Hurricane Harvey. Obviously, she had moved out long ago, but the point is, is that these aren't isolated events. Um, so I've <clears throat> considered climate change really, you know, that existential threat that, that they were talking about years ago. Um, you know, in the mid 20th century, but uh, I, I started working in this area in, uh, in the mid 90s with Payson Stevens, earth scientist and an artist. And he had, for his company, recently won the Presidential Design Award for Excellence presented by Cl President Clinton uh, for Arctic Data, Arctic Data Interactive. And it showed how global warming would increase sea levels to rise up to the steps of the White House. And, uh, you know, if not, preventative measures were taken. 
And, you know, we also worked on consequences. It was a pamphlet that was given to every congressperson uh, at the time, 25 years ago. And so everyone has been aware of this for, for a long, long time. And now, 25 years forward, just in 2016 to now, uh, if you look at all of the, the top banks led by J.P. Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo and, and others, they've invested over $1.6 trillion in new exploration for fossil fuels. And you go, oh my God, we should have divest, divested 20 years ago. Right. You know? So basically, Jackie Mays is a way that uh, you can eat delicious food but also take a bite out of climate change. Well, let's hope to a large expansion. All right. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much, Alex. It's been an honor, a true honor.